Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Lifted Inspiration. This is uh, podcast number three. And uh, here at Lifted Inspiration, we hope that we can be a pick-me-up if you're going through a rough time. If this is your first episode, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to our other two episodes, uh, just so you can kind of keep on the timeline. Uh, in episode one, uh, I talked about the complications surrounding the birth of my second daughter, Alexis. She was born with a terminal genetic disorder called mucolipidosis 2, otherwise known as eye cell disease. In episode two, I discussed the birth of my third daughter, Taylor, who was born with eye cell disease as well, and some of the complications that she experienced during the first few months of her life. Uh, one of those complications that Taylor experienced was a heart surgery. Uh, but after she recovered from the heart surgery, uh, things were mild. Um, aside from some flare-ups and some hospital stays, uh, just for the girls trying to get over like a pneumonia that may have set in, things were pretty mild. In uh, 2012, we adopted one of the brightest lights uh, in our lives, which was our fourth daughter, Riley. And that was an incredible experience that I am going to save for another episode. Uh, it would probably be one of my favorites. I can't wait. It's just amazing. So things were, were relatively calm. Um, in the spring of 2013, things were great. Uh, my in-laws had a place at the shore in Delaware at the time. And I have a, this video of us walking the trail at Cape, Lena, Cape Henelope and State Park. And I, I'm pretty sure it was Mother's Day weekend. I'm not. It was right around there. It was, it was right around like my birthday, Mother's Day weekend, something like that. I do remember it being colder than normal. And everybody was wearing sweatshirts. And uh, it was a great time. And then about a week later, the bottom of the world fell out. Alexis got very, very sick. And a very like, a strong pneumonia had set in. And, and very quickly, things went from bad to bleak. Um, the medical team discussed with Lauren and I uh, you know, our options. And it had gotten to the point to where we were either going to have to let her go, hope she pulls through, uh, or intubate her. And due to Alexis's anatomy, we knew that intubation meant she would need to be on a ventilator and probably receive a tracheotomy. Um, I remember watching Alexis on the BiPAP machine, and she would just moan for hours. And Lauren would be right by her side. Um, she was she was pretty stable. I mean, stable for being in the PICU. But it just wasn't good. And I just remember after having a discussion with the PICU team, I was standing outside the door of her room pacing. And one of the doctors at the PICU had seen me and had just come over to stand next to me. And I remember looking across the room at Lauren, who was right next to Alexis, and Alexis was just kind of crying, and, and you could tell she was in a lot of pain. And I just remember thinking, you know, like, what, what do we do? You know, should we let her go? Should, which, what should we do? And uh, inside, I just felt like that wasn't the, the right move. 
And I turned to the doctor and I just said, let's, let's do this before we have a, a bigger emergency on our hands. And Lauren and I had kind of made the decision. And, you know, we just felt like that was what was in her best interest. You know, to be, to be completely honest, there was no guarantees that they were going to be able to intubate her. The staff made sure we knew that. They, they went and got an ex, one, of the, one of their best to, to do it because they were, they were concerned. And, um, you know, I just, it was just, it was, a, it was a heck of a thing. And what happened next was something like out of a movie. Uh, the room like exploded with activity. The medical team called in the specialist. Um, I'm pretty sure my in-laws had the kids at the waiting room, but I don't I don't really remember. Um, and something as all this chaos started going on, there was like all this. There was, I think there was there was probably at least 25 people in that room. I mean, it was just nuts. Um, and this. Machines are coming in, and nurses are getting stuff, and they're car- bringing in carts, and it was just, it was just like chaos. Um, but something interesting happened. Um, I got a few text messages from some friends, and they wanted to know if I was okay, and if there's anything that I needed, and they just wanted to know how I was doing. And I didn't reply back because there was just so much going on. Um, but what's interesting was I. Except for a few people, nobody knew what was going on. You know, I'll, I'll touch upon on that in a, in a little bit. The team did invite us in the room for the procedure. I said no. Um, I think, and Lauren stayed with me, and we just stayed in the hallway, like right outside the room. I don't, I can't watch something like that. But I, I wanted to be close in case the worst happened. Um, miraculously, it was, it was all over in like 20 minutes. It just slid right in. Thank the Lord. Um, I thank the specialist uh, who did pull us aside and asked if we were planning on Alexis getting a trach. Uh, he said that he was doubtful that she'd be able to survive an extubation. And, you know, we had told him that we would, and he was like, good, that's probably, you know, the best thing for her. Um, and after Alexis had kind of settled and they kind of got her uh, calm and, and sedated her, I remember walking into the waiting room, and I think there's a picture of me with Riley. I'm holding her on a couch, and I have completely just, like, passed out. I was just exhausted. And uh, once again, our entire world was about to change. But I'm going to stop there. And the reason why is I I don't want to rush through the next part of the adventure at the hospital. And I also wanted to be respectful of your time. And I did not want to rush the whole second phase of this because um, it, it would kind of cheat the experience too. Um, so I know that many of you may find it you know, hard to believe that the moment Alexis was about to be intubated, I got a couple of text messages from some friends. But that really did happen. And we hadn't told that many people that Alexis was in the hospital. And at this point, you know, in our lives, it it wasn't a surprise if we were in the hospital for five or seven days with Alexis 
uh, she just recovered from an illness it, it, and it you know it wasn't really a it wouldn't be a surprise to anybody that knew us if we had to spend a couple of days in the hospital with with Allie. So except for family members and one or two people, nobody knew how dire the situation was. I uh, I didn't respond to the text messages until the next day. I just didn't have the, I didn't even have the mental capacity to use my phone. You know, I you know couldn't even get the words out. Um, the messages that I got were very simple, and they were I'm just summarizing. You know, this was quite a few years ago. But I'm summarizing. They're just really simple. And it was like, hey, man, I hope you're okay. I was thinking of you. Just wanted to make sure everything is good and praying for you. So I called them both back. And their responses was, was, was pretty, pretty cool. Um, I said, hey, thanks for praying. And I told them what was going on. And they were both shocked. They had no idea what was going on. Nobody knew. Because I, I remember saying, I, I specifically remember the one conversation saying, hey, man, how did you even know? Like, who told you? And he was like, yeah, I have no idea. I didn't know until you just said something. And it was just pretty miraculous, which, which takes me to a scripture verse um, that, as I was kind of thinking of this. This is Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because I'm really not even that good at podcasting. So I'm just going to keep it short. So this is verse, uh, I think it's, we're just going to do like 25 and 26. But read, read the whole thing because it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. This is Jesus talking. What you will eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. In other words, there's more to life. Stop worrying about material things. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And, you know, I get trapped in that thinking all the time. I get, I get trapped in this thinking that, you know, God is this large supernatural being that doesn't really care about my day-to-day. You know, again, you know, I've said this before. I've always been trapped in that thinking of, I'm just grateful to be part of the club. This is my cross to bear. But it's not true. It's a lie. God really does care. And he cares about those little situations. And he also cares about some of the most intense situations of your life. Matter of fact, he, he cared so much that he, contact, he made sure that uh, he influenced a couple of my friends to hit me up when things were just as insane as ever. And, you know, I just want to encourage you today, uh, first off, that God really does care about those moments of your life. And then I also want to encourage you that if you're ever prompted to contact someone, text them, send them a Facebook message, call them. I prefer texting or calling. Uh, You should do it. Because you never know what's going on. And you may be a game changer for someone. So, and look, some of you listening, may not believe that and that's fine but uh i want to encourage you as well you know if you ever feel prompted to contact someone go ahead and do it and it's a little short but i want want to wrap this one up because i I really want to take the 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 next podcast to really dive into you know what occurred and i know that a lot of people that listen um, have children with medical issues and so or maybe heading into this, 
stage of their life, you know, with uh, people, family members that they're taking care of. And so I just want to talk about what our experience was like and what was going on and how we navigated through a lot of that. So uh, again, thank you for your time. Thanks for listening. Please sign up at the Substack. Uh, I will have that in the, that is in the description of the podcast. Please sign up. You'll get all our updates. Uh, we do post regularly to social media, but we like Substack because um, there's just no middleman. There's no algorithm deciding whether they think that our post is worthy for you to look at or not. Uh, and it's just our way to connect directly to you. We promise you're not going to get more than one or two emails from us a week. We're not going to blow up your email box. And uh, I thank you for listening. Gotten a lot of great feedback. Uh, please share the podcast. I know it's like so, it feels selfish for me to ask that, but I just really ask that you would uh, share it. I'm still working on getting us up on YouTube. That's a whole other monster that I'm still trying to work on, but I'm uh, going to do that real soon. And uh, thank you for your time. Have a great rest of your week.